You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God, you may be seated. Open your Bible at 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, I'm right at home there. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen means so be it. Now, something we need to learn and come to a revelation of, and that is that whatever is recorded in the Word of God is there for a reason. God never says anything superfluously. We as humans do that. If we run out of conversation, we start talking a bunch of fluff and junk. But when it comes to God, every word has meaning and purpose. That's why when you see when, when, when the writers open up a letter, sometimes people will try and discount what is said as doctrine because that's just simply, you know, someone opening a letter. No, they open with purpose. That's why John said, Beloved, I pray. He didn't say, I wish. If he's praying, it's impossible to pray without knowing the will of God. A lot of what people think is praying is just moaning and complaining because it's not done in faith. Just because you're speaking to God doesn't automatically make it prayer. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And God says, whatever is spoken according to His will, He hears. So it's important to know that if a writer says, I pray, he means he's heard from God. This is God's will for you. And he's speaking it. Yeah, we see Paul ending off this letter. And this is not just, I hope everything keeps going well with you. No, he's speaking a declaration. And then says, Amen. That's not even just God bless you, stay well. No, amen means so be it. Well, what did he just say? He said, yeah, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. We've already been studying this. I've had a look at it for two weeks already. And that is that we see the revelation revealed here once again. And as I said, you'll notice it in many scriptures as you read is that God as three persons is revealed. Yeah, you see Jesus Christ, the Father, God is love, and the Holy Spirit. Just as you saw in the baptism of Jesus, we saw that as Jesus came up out the water, there He is as God in the flesh, in the earth, according to John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14. Jesus is God, He's the Word. But then you hear a voice out of heaven as the Holy Spirit, the third person, descends and moves into Jesus' life. So there you see the three persons. It's not like one person manifesting in three different ways. No, it's three distinct individuals. And someone says, but the word says God is one. Yes, He is. 
That's where we've got to get rid of our own mindsets, where we try and figure out God using physical things. I've heard everything, you know, people try to use water as ice and vapor and liquid to try and describe God. You can move in and out of each one or, or an eggshell, you know, the shell and the egg and the yolk, you know. And all, all these, hang on, God's not an egg. God is way beyond anything we could ever imagine. And the way he describes spirit is the same way he uses it. Even if you want to think in the natural, when a husband and wife come together, the Bible calls them one flesh. Janine and I are one flesh. But you don't see us kind of fused together like some kind of Siamese twin. She's sitting over there. I'm over here. But we are one. I said we are one. Try come against any one of us against the other. <laughs> you're, you step into a very dangerous territory. How many other couples will say the same thing? That you won. And so God the Father has His Son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Wherever you see the Holy Spirit, you see power. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the person, God the Father anointed Jesus, Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit. There the three are again. And with power. And with power. So the Holy Spirit is a person. And that's vitally important to know. I was reading a book by R.A. Torrey, The Person and Work of the Holy Spirit. And this quote, it was written in the 1940s. And this is so pertinent, and, and it's really a, a statement that marked me in my study. I had this book very early in my Christian life, and I thank God that I could learn about the person of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, the person of the Holy Spirit. And this quote is written this way. It says, it is also of the highest importance from the practical standpoint that we decide whether the Holy Spirit is merely some mysterious and wonderful power which we in our weakness and ignorance are somehow to get hold of and use. Or He's a real person, infinitely holy, infinitely wise, infinitely mighty, and infinitely tender, who's to get a hold of us and use. That beautiful. See, a lot of people think of the Holy Spirit. They talk about the, the power, it. Did you receive it? No, he's it, not an it. How would you like if someone spoke to you about as an it? Come on. No, we, we, we want to show respect. It's, it's, it's not just the power. He is a person. And it's in the revelation of knowing him as a person. That you experience all that God has for you. Why is that? Because remember Jesus said in John chapter 5, he said in verse 19, Assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. See, Jesus was very open about talking about two different people. It's not some you know, weird person who's suffering from schizophrenia. And then sees himself and then sees the Father. No, he says, me as Jesus, I can do nothing without the Father. And then he goes on to say that whatever he does, the Father, does, the Son also does in like manner. 
And so the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself done. He will show them greater works than these that they may marvel. Now Jesus said you and I would do the same works he did. And we would do greater works than he did. Isn't that what he said? So if we're going to do greater works, that's John 14, 12 to 17. If, he's, if we're going to do greater works, and the only way Jesus did the greater works is because he heard it from the Father. Well, for us to see the greater works, we're going to also have to hear from the Father. Say that. In order for me to do greater works, I need to receive what the Father says. And so Jesus went on and said in John chapter 16, verse 5, I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me where you're going. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. What's advantage mean? It's going to be better for you. It's better for you that I go away. I mean, people all the time, you know, they say, if I could just see Jesus, then I would believe. No, Jesus said, though it's greater for those who have not seen and yet believe. They are the blessed ones. They are the blessed ones. What's he saying? You don't want to be moved by sight. You're moved by what God says. And believing that in your heart is what empowers your faith. Your seeing has not empowered your faith. I said seeing doesn't change your faith. It's what you believe in your heart. Come on. We, we see things and you can be thoroughly convinced and, and, and see it with your eyes and still not be convinced you need to change. No, it has to come from within the heart. And that takes a renewing of the mind. Jesus comes down to verse 12. And he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Now, why does he say that? This is important that you get this because you as a believer are involved here. He's speaking to disciples who are not yet born again. Remember, Jesus said, you have the Holy Spirit with you, but he will be in you. So at that moment in time, they're not yet born again because he hasn't yet died and risen from the dead to pay the price for their salvation. But the Holy Spirit's still with them in the person of Jesus. So the only way Jesus can speak to someone who's not born again is by using natural parables. Like seed being sown into soil, birds, farming, things they could relate to. But he says the kingdom's much more than that. There are things that your eye has not seen, your ear has not heard, that anyone, any human, limited to natural knowledge, will not understand. So even if you explained it to them, they would not get it. But the good news is, you are born again. I said, you are born again. I said, you are born again. How did you get born again? You confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And what happened? In that moment, the Holy Spirit moved into your life. 
So Jesus says, I want to tell you so much, but you're not going to be able to accept it. In fact, he says, you won't be able to bear it. In other words, if you saw what heaven has available before you saved, Jesus saying it would crush you. It's just like you could go crazy seeing those things. No, he says, you will not be able to bear it. However, when he, he, that's a person. Everybody say a person. Who person? He, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. How many wouldn't mind knowing your future? See, the whole world have been looking for that. That's why they read things like the horoscopes and, you know, go to witch doctors and fortune tellers and teacup readers and tarot cards and all this, this, this stuff. Why? Because people want to know the future. But that, you get involved with that stuff, you're getting involved with familiar spirits. Someone says, oh, I went to a, a teacup reader, fortune teller, and they told me all about my grandfather. Well, how did he know about your grandfather? That person's not born again. So where did they get that information? A demon told them. So by being there, we've opened our heart to hear from a demon. And if we, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, fear comes by hearing, hearing the word of the devil. Come on now. You getting this? So I, I really, I, wanna, I wanna, just want to stress that. If you've been involved with it or even just recently, don't bring, any word I ever bring you is never for condemnation. Understand that I'm always going to speak to you in love. And if anything like that shows up, it's not to expose anybody. It's not to criticize anyone. The reason, listen, how many of you ever get offended when your petrol light, you know, your, your little, you know, your, your petrol and you hit E and it comes, bing, there's that little noise, bing, the light comes on. How many of you got offended with a, with, with a, with a, with a car? Excuse me. When I'm supposed to always go get gas. I must always, I must always go find petrol. I've just got to stop at the petrol station. Okay, so I missed the last one, okay? Do we do that? Or do we say, okay, I need to get to a gas station. I need to get to a petrol station as soon as possible. Isn't that right? So, the same way. When your pastor goes, Bing! Don't get offended with the pastor. You go, right, I need to go fill up. So if you were involved in any kind of fortune telling, tarot card reading, any sangomas, anything like that, boom. Just repent. I, I hear you, Father. That was wrong. I confess it. And what happens? The moment you confess it, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. In that moment, the moment you say, Father, I apologize, I repent. Even if you did it yesterday, it's gone. It just wiped out. Amen? So just go ahead and do it right now. Just say, Father, I come to faith. Everybody has somehow, you've read a horoscope somewhere in your life. So not, not, to, not, to, not to offend anyone. Let's just all do it. Say, Father, I repent. 
I put that in my past. I plead the blood of Jesus. The only one I want to know the future from is you. Amen. So, and the, here's the thing. The future he tells you is the truth. He's not trying to set you up to fail. It's the truth. So when you hear your future, you don't want to mess it up and blow it out because I want what God has for me. And you say, amen. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into how much? All truth. He won't speak of his own authority. What he hears, he will speak. Now, who's he hearing it from? It would be from the Father. Because Jesus himself said, I can't do anything on my own. But he had the Holy Spirit in his life revealing the will of the Father. And as long as he was hearing the will of the Father, he saw great signs, great wonders, and great miracles happening. Janine and I, my ministry is not by accident. When people see what's happening in our lives, oh, you're so lucky, or you're God's favorite. No, it's just simply we've learned to walk very close to the Holy Spirit. We're quick to repent and quick to obey. So the moment he says something, I'm listening all the time. And it's his will for all of us. Every one of us, it's his will for his purpose to be fulfilled. And so I don't have to try and figure out what's the next thing to do. I'm just not that clever enough. There's certain things I can figure out. One plus one, I don't have to go to the Holy Spirit for that. I do know how to balance a book. But when you reach the end of all your knowledge and know-how, I want to know exactly what's happening in my future. How many would like to, uh, if you invested in a company, how many you would like to sell up and get out while the price is high before it crashes and everybody else finds out and before you know it, the company's delisted? How many would rather make sure you walk out with a profit? Doesn't God teach you to profit? So he's interested in every aspect of your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hope this is inspiring you. It is building me up, praise God. So, he will glorify me, for he'll take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has on mine, therefore I said, he'll take of mine and declare it to you. And listen to what Jesus says. He says, the Holy Spirit will declare what's mine. Then he realizes, okay, maybe people misunderstand me. So he says, immediately, what the Father has is mine. But the point is, in his mind, the fact that his father has given it to him, it's just as much his right and privilege to have it. He doesn't have to keep apologizing for it or justifying it. But to clarify it, he teaches it. So the same way, the reason he declares what he declares is because he heard it from the father. By having heard it from the father, he embraced it as his own and acted as unity with God. So the same way you, as a son or daughter of God, hear God, He said, I'm going to send the same Holy Spirit. He's going to show you what to do. He's going to teach you the same way you can embrace it and fully expect. If the Father wants it, it's mine. If the Father wants it, it's mine. Isn't that what children do? They say, come to my house. Really? When last did you pay the bill? No, we're fine with that because it is your house as much as it is the Father's house. 
So the same way, all the signs, wonders, miracles, it is your privilege to walk in them. Not just to receive them, to walk in them, to administer them into other people's lives. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture, how much? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Inspiration of God. Well, how was the Scriptures written? Men put pen to paper. But how did they know what to write? Because obviously whatever you have in the book is God's will. That's what you're reading there. When you read the book, the Bible, all the books in there, when you read anything in there, you are reading what God wanted written there. The Father wanted it written. But now how did it get onto the paper? Someone had to pick up a pen and write it. So how did they know what to write? By inspiration of God. What's that? I need to change the question. Who is that? Because didn't Jesus say everything I know I got from the Father? Well, how did he receive it? By the presence of the Holy Spirit. So someone with the Holy Spirit heard. Now, how did they hear? Because it's the will of the Father. Jesus is the Word. But it's the Holy Spirit that breathed it within the hearts of the people to write it down. So the fact that we have the Word of God says the Holy Spirit has been in wor at work in order to get God's will from His mind to your heart. And so the Holy Spirit breathed the Scriptures into the heart of men and women. And as He did that, Scriptures given by inspiration of God and it is profitable for... Doctrine for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for how much? Every good work. Every good work. How many you want to be complete? That you, there's nothing you have to go, I don't know. What are we going to do now? I don't know. No, you do know. Complete. Complete. Anything you need has already been given to you in that Bible that you have in your lap. Let me see. How many got your Bible with you? Let me see. Hallelujah. So, everything God has given you in the Bible is to bring you to completion. And it's His will. Now notice, in order to get there, it talks about doctrine. That's what we study. That's what we know. But it also speaks about correction. You see what I'm saying? We like the yes, amen parts. But God's going to always bring correction. But you notice something about when He brings correction? It's always done in love. Always, always done in love. So we need to do the same. I said we do the same. We don't use the Bible to bash people over the head. We don't use Scripture to be holier than thou. 
to try and prove our way. You don't have to prove God. You just take His Word and believe it. And then minister it in love. Everybody say minister in love. So the Word is there for instruction and correction. So that the Word of God brings instruction and correction. So that means I'm going to be making adjustments in my life. So let me ask this question. How many of us here have made it? We, we, we're there. We've been totally sorted out. There's no more issues in our lives whatsoever. I mean, we just, if you, if, if you had to speak to me or God, you wouldn't know the difference. If God wanted you, if he needed to take a break, he could use you to run the universe. Anybody totally complete in all the awareness and knowledge of God? Let me see anybody. Okay, no takers. So then by default, I need to flip that statement over. There is something that still needs to be corrected in our lives. So why do we get offended when it's brought up? Why are we trying to protect our right to be wrong? Don't let the enemy attempt you with that anymore. Not going to get offended. You're going to say, Lord, I do. I need correction. Please help me. That's why you're in my life. Be listening for the Holy Spirit. Walk intimately with Him. Be listening for every word that He speaks. He will guide you. You're about to walk through a door. He'll say, stop. Uh -uh. Don't go in there. Then don't go in there. Don't say, I wonder what He's talking about. Because evidently there's something in there that either will hurt you, destroy you, mislead you. And it can be something as simple as everybody is doing it, but you pick it up and he says no. Because he's helping you become complete. There are things in my life, when I look back as a Christian, I was convicted on many things. And that's what I learned from my pastor, Theo Vormerans, is that you don't preach your convictions, you preach the truth. Why? Because convictions may be temporary even. There are things that God got on my case on, and it, for me, it was like law. It was ritual. If I did it, it would be outright sin. But I couldn't tell the whole congregation from now on we don't do these things. And it was just a season that once I had reached a certain point of maturity, the Holy Spirit released me again. I could get back to that. But for that time, it was cut out of my life. Why? He was teaching me in an area. I had to learn to walk in that particular way. And once I'd learned my lesson, I'd learned tolerance instead of addiction. You're getting this. So, the point I'm making, it's been sensitive to stay close to the Holy Spirit. If you, it, most Christians, the majority of Christians, don't think of the Holy Spirit as an individual, as a person that can communicate with every day. They may be aware of His name, or even aware, as I said, as a power, but He is your intimate friend. He'll tell you the truth before anybody else will. Listen to Him. Be walking with Him. Be sensitive. Say amen. amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, 
nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Remember, Jesus said, you, you can't bear it now. But God <laughs> has revealed them to us. How? Through His Spirit. Now, how does the Holy Spirit do this? For He searches, the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. How many want to know the deep things of God? For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? In other words, whatever you know, you know. That's why I don't like to, when I'm with a, with a great man of God, I don't try and show off how much art revelation I have. Because chances are what I know, he already knows. I'm not training this mature general in the faith. I'm not so arrogant to think I can impress him with my revelation. No, when I'm in the presence of someone who's walked the road long and hard and shown success that I want to learn from, I'm there to listen. Because what I know, I already know. So what's the point of me talking to them? I'm not learning anything. But if I want to listen, then I want to hear what someone else says. Say what I know. I already know. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Who knows the things of the Father? The Holy Spirit. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? so that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. God wants you to know His will. God's desire is for you to know your future. His desire is for you to even know the deep things of God. So how's that going to be revealed? Through the Holy Spirit. Lift your hand and say, God is revealing the deepest knowledge of His will to me by His Holy Spirit. And I receive you, Holy Spirit. I receive all your truth in Jesus' name. Verse 13, these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual See, Jesus, when he taught, compared spiritual things with natural things. But the Holy Spirit will reveal spiritual things with spiritual truths. In other words, me as your pastor, I can only use my English language to communicate. I could use tongues, but then you would have to pray for interpretation. But even if we had someone interpreting the tongues, they'd still be going back to English. Now... When I teach you in English, it's to put you onto a track. But I am unable to reveal the deep things of God using my English language. I could in tongues. I'll speak in tongues, but then most people wouldn't know what I said. That's why it sounds like gibberish to a lot of people, because they're not aware of the Spirit. But that's not the purpose for me as your pastor. I'm not yet to reveal the deep things of God. 
I'm to let you know they're available and introduce you to the person of the Holy Spirit who's already in you that a lot of people didn't even know he was there or what his purpose was. Not just so that you have goosebumps and then one day get to heaven. No, he's there to reveal the deep mysteries. So just the same way you got up this morning, you got dressed, cleaned up, shaved, makeup, hair, clothes, looked in the mirror, did whatever, and came all the way here to sit in a building to hear me speak to you using my limited English language so that you could learn something and be inspired, but much more than that, receive faith. Receive faith. And yet, in all this time, I have not yet revealed the deep thing. Now, who reveals the deep things to you? So then, we need to take just as much time and effort to spend quality time with him. Why do we sit and listen to a pastor for 40 minutes and then give the Holy Spirit five? I'm here just to, it's, it's like if, if a train has just been built, you have to put it on the track. Okay, so we take all this effort to build the train, build the track, put the train on the track, you start it up and you go, jik, 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 jik. well, that was fun. No, it has a journey to travel. And so we need to be spending more time with the Holy Spirit than we are with our pastor. More time with the Holy Spirit than we are with that big TV in our. TV is not reading anything to you. Come on. It's spending time with the Holy Spirit. Intimate. Because he's got a lot to tell you. He's got a lot to tell you. Reveal the deep things of God. Everything you need to know to succeed, He wants to tell you. Everything you need to know to do for your career, whatever your purpose is, your vision, the God's destiny for you, all of that He wants to reveal to you. Remember Jesus said in John 14 verse 26, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you how much? All things. All things. And he'll bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Not just going to church, saying I'm a Christian. How many of you believe you're a son or daughter of God? Say that. As a son or daughter of God. Okay, you're not a son or daughter. You choose one. As a son or daughter of God, I am led by the Spirit of God. You know, you hear people saying, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of you, God. God, please, I want more of you. When you got born again, the whole Holy Spirit moved into you. How much more of Him do you want? Did He come without His leg? Can you see how we can pray religiously and not realize it? Have you received the Holy Spirit when you're born again? 
So our prayer is not, I want more of you. We should rather be saying, Holy Spirit, how can you have more of me? Say that. Holy Spirit, how can you have more of me? See, he has an outstanding scripture. Galatians 5.16. Walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh lusts against the Spirit, Spirit against flesh. These are contrary to one another. I wish I could do the right thing. Yeah. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. In other words, if you get close to the Holy Spirit, really close, you don't even have to wonder what the Ten Commandments are. Because He will be leading you in wisdom. You receive something today? Let's give Jesus praise for His Word. Let's stand together. Place your hand on your heart and say this. Father, thank you for your word. I am a hearer and a believer, not a doubter. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you dwell within me. The day I was born again, I received all that you have for me. I already have all of you. My desire is to give my heart to you that you have more of me. Show me how I can give more of my life, more of my time, more of my awareness. Teach me. I'm open. I'm listening. I'm spending time with you. I receive your full wisdom, your full truth. As you guide me and teach me, I have revelation into the deep things of God and I can manifest your perfect will and plan for my life in Jesus' name. Come on, give Him praise. Hallelujah.